Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then, this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's edition of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. And I am speaking to you from my car. I am in the north of England. I am visiting some nephews, a nephew on my husband's side, on Richard's side, and a nephew on my side, who both happen to live kind of within an hour of each other. So I'm kind of on the way from one nephew to the next nephew, and I thought maybe I would uh, share some thoughts as I'm driving. The avid listeners of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom will notice that I didn't um, do an episode last week, and it is because uh, we had a, a terrible loss in our family, and uh, a dear, dear cousin who is a dear, dear friend uh, of Richard's and mine uh, passed away. And you know, I had said, "Oh, no matter what, no matter what's going on, you know, I'm, I'm going to say how I feel." I just couldn't. I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I just couldn't talk about it. And I think what made it more kind of difficult for me was I was at a wedding in Ireland. My niece got married and we had had an absolutely fabulous day. And it was just uh, the weather was lovely and the venue was spectacular and the food was fabulous and the bride and groom were absolutely blooming, the pair of them. And um, it was just it was such a beautiful day. And then on the Saturday morning, I got a call to say that our cousin had died and it just struck me how you know quickly life can change and how uh, just how one minute you're smiling and laughing and celebrating and the next minute you're crying because of sadness and in some ways it's life isn't it it's it's that's it is the way of things um there are joys and there are sorrows um there are good times and there are bad times and they don't always come as close together as as that did for me that weekend uh dancing at a wedding on friday crying over a bereavement on the saturday um but they do come you know good stuff and bad stuff comes and i did mention before i went to the wedding that i was a bit nervous about the you know the dress and the makeup and everything I would have loved to have gone to the wedding in jeans and a jumper but I couldn't so I had bought a new dress and I wore some makeup and I did my hair but one of the things I have a problem um I've got marks on my legs my legs are terribly marked there's always bruises on my legs we have a a small flat and I'm constantly walking into corners and crashing into things and I've got kind of just marks on my legs from carrying weight and having problems with my circulation and stuff like that. So um, I had 
tried to get a product that would kind of cover these marks and I couldn't get it. And then I realized I had to order it online. So my niece is a makeup artist. So I said something to her and she said, oh, come up to the room. You know, when you arrive at the wedding venue, I'll be doing makeup. I'll put something on your legs. So I went up and I went in and you know, there's a hairdresser there. There's two makeup artists there. Bride's getting her hair done, the bridesmaids and everyone's getting all uh, dolled up. So I'm already dressed in the dress and my niece put some stuff on my legs to, to make it not look like I'd been in a, a fight with a very small person. And uh, so I, so at one stage, the makeup artists were working on somebody and the hairdresser didn't have anybody. He was kind of waiting for one person to finish what they were doing. And he said to me, would you like me to go over your hair? And, and he was lovely. He was really nice, but it was kind of code for, I see you blow dried your hair yourself. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, brilliant. So I had the kind of flower clip. I'd had it clipped onto my watch because I wasn't sure about it. And as he was blow drying my hair, I said, well, I wasn't sure about this. This is actually a flower. It looked like a kind of nice corsage on my arm. But I said, it's actually a flower, a little decorative thing for my hair. And he said, no, no. So he, he kind of ran the dryer over my hair, kind of straightened out the bit at the back that I'd obviously, you know, missed and and then he put kind of clipped the flare into my hair and everyone in the room went oh yeah that's nice that's nice i was like oh okay so now i was even more conscious but we were in this really beautiful five-star hotel was where the family was staying and then the venue was just a, a few minutes walk so we all walked to the venue and we walked home from the venue that night it was lovely but um it was a far posher hotel than i'd ever stayed in before so i had decided that even though I felt I didn't have the right to be there, so a lot of people there, I was obvious that they had lots of money and stuff, you know, or maybe maybe it just felt to me like they had lots of money. But anyway, I was thinking, even though I feel I haven't got the right to be there, I am going to behave like I have the right to be there. So when we pulled up outside in the car, guy came out eating tails and a top hat, you know, and, and a couple of other guys kind of follow him out, run out after him, take the cases out of the car, my brother-in-law hands in over the keys and the car, they just, I don't know where they parked the car because it was in the middle of Dublin city, so I have no idea where they parked the car. They must have a car parked somewhere. And I said to my nephew, as we were going up the steps of the hotel, I said to my nephew, we are going to walk in here like we own this place. All right? We are going to walk in here like we are meant to be here. And when somebody offers to take my bag, I'm going to let them. If anyone says, let me take that from you, I'm not going to say, no, you're grand, you're grand, you're grand, I do. Which is what I'd normally say. I'm going to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Julian. Um, even if their name isn't Julian. Thank you, Julian. Um, so I said, no, I'm going to take So I said to my nephew, right? I said, are you ready? We're going to walk in here and we are going to walk in here like we own this place. So kind of, I, I decided I was going to stroll in. I, and my shoes had a bit of a heel on them. Not much now. We're talking, you know, maybe a couple of centimetres. That's high for me. I mean, I, you know, I wear sketchers and boots. Um, so, but, but they had a bit of a heel on them. Yeah, and you have to walk a certain way if your shoes have a heel on them. I hadn't been up to the room to have the bruises seen to at that stage. But I walked in there. I was like, right, I'm walking. I'm walking here, you know. So, strolled in and then this kind of concierge guy kind of nodded his head towards me and I smiled. Thank you, Julian. But I had decided... I'm going to walk in here like I'm supposed to be here. Because if you walk into, hang on, I hope I'm in the right lane. 
Um, if you walk into a place like you're supposed to be there, then, oh, I think I'm in the wrong lane. Oh, Lord. Am I in the wrong lane? Oh, gosh. No, I'm not. No. Am I? Yes, I am. Blithering blither. Right, okay. So, anyway, I, I think that if you walk into a place like you are supposed to be there, then people treat you like you're supposed to be there. You know, I think if you walk into a place expecting to have your coat taken from you or, you know, to have your bag carried for you or whatever it is, then people treat you in that manner. That's that's the way it is. And I literally was there for less than 24 hours. But I decided that for every moment I was in, that I was going to behave like I was supposed to be there. And... I have been pondering that because at breakfast, when I wa was walking towards somewhere, the staff stopped and let me pass. Now, usually, if I see someone come the other way, I will stop. I will always stop. But I thought, no, I'm going to let them stop. And I'm not going to be unreasonable. I'm not going to start jumping up and down and shouting and screaming and all. But I am going to let them stop. I'm just checking what lane I'm in. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Oh, Lord. I hate not knowing where I'm going. I hate not knowing where I'm going. I hate not knowing where I'm going. Okay. Yeah, so even at dinner, you didn't pour any water yourself. They brought around the jugs of water, and they refilled the water, and they brought around the wine. And they refilled the wine. They did everything. We were served. The whole thing was service. The whole thing about it was service. And them treating me like I was somebody important. And because I behaved in a way where I expected, not unreasonably, but where I expected to be served, they treated me like that. And maybe if I had said, no, 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 you're grand, you're grand, that they would have walked past me, that they would have let me stop and walked past me. And I thought, no, I'm going to do it. And it wasn't, like I say, it wasn't to be snobby or to be awkward. I just decided that for the 24 hours I was going to be in that hotel, that I was going to let them serve. And I have been thinking about that. I've been thinking about how I behaved in that 24 hours. And the expectations that I had of the staff who were there, of the service that I would receive because I behaved in that way. And my expectations... I don't believe were unreasonable. I think my expectations were high. My expectations were that I would be treated a certain way. In pondering that, I suddenly thought, why am not I like that all the time? Why do I have such low expectations of myself? Low expectations for myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, why don't I go around expecting everybody to cater to my every whim? Because in some ways, I, I probably do do that. I think being the baby of the family and being a bit spoiled, there probably is an element of me that does expect to be looked after and to be minded and to not be responsible for things. I was specifically thinking about expectations of myself. I have low expectations of how I treat me. 
why don't I know this is this might sound a bit wacky so bear with me because when I started to think about it it sounded a bit wacky to me but it's almost like as if there's the, there's the, the two people that I am there's the, there's the person who gives to Anne-Marie serves Anne-Marie does stuff for her or not and then there is the person who receives from Anne-Marie and is served by Anne-Marie. Do you know what I mean? There is, it's like, how do I treat myself? How do I, what do I expect of myself? What do I expect from myself to myself? Do you know what I mean? Like when I wake in the morning or when I get up and have a shower and get dressed and whatever, um, I don't think about what I'm going to wear. I think about, am I going out today? Am I going anywhere? Am I seeing anyone? If I'm not seeing anyone, I'll maybe wear what I wore yesterday, if it's still clean, or it'll be leggings and a scruffy t-shirt or whatever. No, I'm not saying I should dress formally every day. But if I'm only going to be seen by me, if nobody except me is going to see me, then I'm like, well, it's not worth doing anything. It's not worth brushing my hair. It's not worth whatever. And I, I've really been pondering this. I've really been pondering how low my expectation is of myself and how low my expectation is to myself. I don't, again, it's, this is going to sound weird, but stick with me. I don't expect much from myself. And the bit of me that gives doesn't give much to myself. Do you know what I mean? Or have I completely lost you? It took me ages to kind of think this through, so I'm probably not expressing it in the right way. Bottom line, I want to expect more from myself. And I want to give more to myself. And I'm not talking about money or jewelry or I'm not talking about material things. I am talking about caring for myself, caring about myself, looking at the things in my life that are actually holding me back and weighing me down. And even this goes beyond food. In fact, food, my relationship with food is probably um, a symptom of this stuff rather than the reason for this stuff. I have this thing where I, I have masses of clutter and I really struggle with where to put things. Now, our flat is small, but I know I'm not using the space to the, to the fullest. There's a pile of stuff. And every day I get up and I move it from my office chair and put it on the bed. And at the end of every day, I move the stuff from the bed and put it back on the chair. Now, the pile isn't exactly the same all the time. There's stuff on it that gets moved there might be an item of clothing on it that will eventually be worn or go and wash there might be a book that I'm reading there might be you know it'll be different things it won't be the same thing all the time but there is always 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 there is never not a pile of stuff on the bed that I need to move to get into the bed and when I go to my desk in the mornings there is never not a pile of stuff on my office chair that needs to be moved off the chair and goes up to the bed. And I have this thing with clutter. So I've decided, as I spotted this on, on in the Tech Pixies group, somebody was asking about 
uh, did they know anyone who was a declutterer and an organiser? And somebody shared, oh yeah, I am one or I know one, I can't remember. But she gave the website of, I th- was it the Association of Declutterers and Organisers or so, something? And I was like, what? The, what? This is a thing? There are people? And I went on the website and there's a woman who lives not that far from me who is was on this website. She's one of the accredited members of this association of declutterers and... And I was like, what? So I uh, I need to learn how to declutter. And I probably need to learn how to let go of stuff. Um, now, I've, I've mentioned before in the podcast that I, pr- I think I probably need therapy. I prob- I, I'm at the stage now where I think I probably need some counselling. And I, will, I am going to go down that route. But I think I'm going to talk to this lady first because I think... What she tries to do in helping me to get rid of stuff or deal with stuff, there is there is a a box, a, a plastic tub full of all our old laptops, and they need to be dealt with. They need to be emptied and destroyed. And it's like, oh, I can't be bothered. So I'm constantly saying, oh, I, I'll deal with that tomorrow, or or stick that in a box and I'll deal with it. Then I'll find a box of stuff, you know. And I'm thinking, I would love to learn that those those things, how do you get yourself to a place where you're going to deal with stuff, where you're going to part with stuff, and where you can see the difference between what is worth keeping because it's, you know, of emotional and, and sentimental value, and what is just clutter. So, my plan is... <clears throat> to get this lady, get some help from this lady, you know, there's a free introductory session, and then you obviously, you pay for it, so I have no idea how much it's going to cost, but maybe you know, a free introductory sessions and a couple of follow-up sessions to help me and I think that will probably, when I start to actually deal deal with practical things, I have a funny feeling that that's going to probably unearth the fact that I have an emotional reason I'm holding and I thought, I want to do this for myself. This is going to be a gift to myself. I want to actually, you know, I'm 50 now, and I, I'm in a better place probably mentally and even physically than I've been for a long time. Even though I never lost all my weight and I put some on during lockdown, I'm still in a better place, I believe, than I was or than I have been for a long time. And I want to get better. And I'm probably only now at the stage where I'm ready. It's taken this long where I'm ready to actually part with some stuff. Learn how to part with stuff on a practical basis. And I am really hoping that as I start to deal with the clutter, that it will open up some stuff that needs to be dealt with. You know, that will help me to deal with the stuff that needs to be dealt with. And I, and I'm thinking this. This is what it means to treat myself the way I should be treated. This is what it means to walk in, to walk through my own life like I own it. The way I walked into that hotel, like I was meant to be there. I want to walk through the rest of my life, however many years God gives me. I want to walk through 
the rest of my life like I own it. For too long, I have been walking through my life like I didn't even deserve to be there. Like I didn't deserve to be looked after. I didn't deserve to have my coat taken or the door opened for me. So now, that's what I'm doing. That is what I'm doing. I am walking. I want to walk through life. Like somebody who deserves to be there. And I'm excited about it. Like, I'm a bit nervous about it. I mean, I'm not so nervous about the clutter. But I'm thinking, I, like, I already know what needs to be done. I, th- I just need somebody to help me to do it. To help me to... Um, what do you do with the pile of stuff that goes from the chair to the bed? And not that pile of stuff, because it's a different pile of stuff that was there six months ago. So it's not, it's the fact that I keep, you know, I keep adding to it and taking from it, but there is always something. So how do I learn to, to stop that, to, you know, that kind of vicious circle that I'm in? So yeah, like I say, I'm looking forward to it. And I am hoping that in the process of learning to let things go, learning to deal with what needs to be dealt with and not sticking it in a box and hiding it in a cupboard, which is what I've been doing, that that will actually prompt and help the emotional journey that I want to take now um, and really deal with some of the things that are that are holding me back. And what I'm really, 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 really hoping is that all of this will contribute to me learning how to be a normal eater, learning how to be somebody who eats like a normal person, learning how to be somebody who knows the difference between hunger and just emptiness or loneliness or sadness or whatever. But it, it, it was so amazing, that experience in the hotel where I... I thought, I'm, I need to behave like I'm supposed to be here. And if I behave like I'm supposed to be in that hotel, then I should be behaving like I'm supposed to be in this life, in this body. And that's what I'm going to do. That is what I'm going to do. Okay, so it is time for... What is that about? Thank you, Frankie. What is that about? Well... Lately, there are certain places I have gone to uh, for coffee or for lunch or whatever, and they'll have a sign, please inform the staff if you have any allergies or food intolerances. Thank you very much. So, I look at the menu. They've got a vegan bruschetta with something and something and a vegan this, and a vegan that, which is great, absolutely great. And then I say, uh, can I have a coffee with some dairy-free milk? Oh, no, we don't have any. You don't have any dairy-free milk? No, no. So you've got vegan bruschetta with something and something else, and vegan this, that, and the other, but you don't have any soya milk? No, sorry. It's happened to me quite a few times, where there's a big sign about the allergens, And I'm thinking, why do you want me to tell you? Just so you can tell me I can't have coffee? What's the point? What's the point of me telling you can't have milk if you don't have an alternative for me? So that has really bugged me. And please speak to our staff and they'll do everything to help you if you have any allergens. 
I can't have milk. Oh, sorry, we've no alternative. Thanks very much. Thanks for the sign. Thanks for putting the sign up. And not then having anything for the poor unfortunate that can't drink normal milk in her coffee. <sighs> anyway, yeah, so that that's actually really been bugging me. I'm not into black coffee. I'll have it at a push. But yeah, I was a bit gutted about that. A couple of places now have done that to me. Because when I see the sign, I get all hopeful. I said, okay, they're aware. They've probably got very nice yummy oaty or almondy milk in there. But no. Uh, anyway, there we go. Oh, listen, thank you so much. I hope I didn't totally confuse you today. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode as I've been traveling on the road from Poynton to Chester to go from one nephew to another. Please do get in touch with me. You can contact me through the website, annemariemiles.co.uk. You can listen to other episodes of the podcast there. You can buy me a coffee. Don't worry about the milk. I'll sort the milk out. Um, you can uh, find out about my books. Or if you want to follow me on social media, I'm Amo Writing. A-M-O Writing. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And you will hear me. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye.